I am being censored for surviving rape and being willing to talk about it. I looked via Google. Apparently 90% of all rape victims stay silent, regarding legal action, and 30% never speak about their experience with another soul. 30%. That's a lot of people going without a shred of help with a mental state induced by rape. I know when I was much younger, I felt powerless. I felt like there was nothing I could do. I was related to my rapist, forced to see them regularly. Every day, actually. After receiving three death threats from said rapist, I decided that my life wasn't worth very much at all, and started taking risks. Nothing akin to drug abuse or anything so self-harming, but I did things that could have resulted in injury, like riding a bicycle that had no brakes into busy traffic. Thankfully, I found Ms. Ani DeFranco before too long. Before too much damage had been done. In fact, I have to thank my friend Sheila Hessler. I love that woman still for the simple act of introducing me to the most famous rape survivor I know of. In fact, if you are a victim of rape, please listen to the following albums. I promise they will help you at least a little bit. Not a Pretty Girl album by Ani DeFranco on Spotify. Little Plastic Castle album by Ani DeFranco on Spotify. Dilate album by Ani DeFranco. These three albums saved my life. Ani DeFranco is one of my heroes. She shares her story of being abused and raped in tidbits throughout these albums, and, most likely, other albums, her voice is one of the few that can be found anywhere that highlights how women are secretly abused. Her lyrics are raw and in your face and her guitar style is so I don't give a fuck, I'm putting sound to this anger. Sound bites that stand out to me include, from Hide and Seek, they have their dick out in their hand and a sick little sneer and sometimes the older boys, when they find you, they wouldn't want to tag you, they'd want to talk. They'd say what would you do for a quarter? Come on, we don't have much time and I would feel dirty, I would feel ashamed, I wouldn't let it stop my game and a man put his hands on me as soon as night fell, on a greyhound bus, I remember when I was leaving how excited I was, I remember when I arrived I didn't feel so well and I remember the teacher at school got me so sick and scared I went into the bathroom and threw up in my hair. Hashtag love. That's just one of her brilliant poems set to acoustic guitar. Ms. DeFranco was systematically raped for a stretch of her lifetime. I'd like to hope that because her music, her tone, has changed, that she is no longer facing that in her life, but it's impossible to know without her speaking up. She survived. She wrote like a madwoman, feverish, trying to confess it through her music. In another song, Not a Pretty Girl, she says, Imagine you're a girl just trying to finally come clean knowing full well they'd prefer you were dirty and smiling. She's right. Nobody wants to hear what humanity at large does to women and children. Nobody wants to hear a hard truth. Nobody wants to be faced with a rape survivor, they just want you to be a, silent, victim for the rest of all time. Victims are miserable, locked into emotions caused by rape that are never validated. You need a therapist to resolve that, honey. It takes a long time. But be brave, they're there for you, not the rapist who did this to you. Rapists are the ones who throw around words like victim shaming, in my experiences thus far. If you have a beef with a woman, suddenly they are a victim, no matter who you are. I've been banned from some Discord servers now due to the fact that I do not allow them to silence me about my rape experiences. Yes, I sent a message to Discord to see if they will update their toes, and reported the servers in question. If you don't know what to say to people when they come out of the shadows to talk about their experience, don't say anything other than enough to tell that person they've been heard. 
that you imagine the experience is awful but you have no first-hand experience with it. That's all you need to do. It's the truth, isn't it? It is enough. Refer them to a psychologist, a hypnotherapist, a trauma specialist. That's all you can do, most of the time. Just sympathize or empathize to the best of your ability. Ask them if they reported it to the police or got a lawyer to hold the rapist accountable. Ask questions as kindly as you can muster. You can do all these things, but the bare minimum is telling them psychologists, not psychiatrists, are where they should go to air that matter for both validation and help. Good therapists have some know-how of the law and can tell the survivor how they can move forward for justice. Many rape victims slash survivors don't really care about justice, they care about how they feel. Let me explain what is going on inside a rape victim's head for you so that you can empathize and or sympathize. Sympathy is a devil in disguise, however, so it's not exactly necessary. A woman who is forced into sexual acts may end up enjoying a portion of that sexual activity against their will. That is why sexual assault, rape, penetration, violation is such a powerful experience that traumatizes a person. They didn't want to have sex and somehow, without their permission, their body responds with an orgasm or pleasure that would lead up to an orgasm. You can force the human body to become aroused, male or female, when the state of mind is inappropriate, when a person is in immense pain, and so much more. These conflicting, ambivalent feelings become intolerable to the subject who has them. On one hand, daddy is touching his little girl inappropriately and on the other hand a young woman is experiencing her first orgasm. Which probably sickens you, so I won't give another example, it can get worse. That sick feeling is what a victim is feeling. All the time. It doesn't go away just because you're not thinking about it anymore. Now you know exactly what a rape victim feels when their body responds to a situation their mind does not wish to be part of. It doesn't even have to be violent. If you ever find yourself checking out while having sex for any reason, you are being raped. Reasons to check out include, pain, i.e. a headache, a backache, a toothache, a sprain that throbs, etc., the other person not being in the moment with you, i.e. they are fantasizing and or ignoring your needs, like the fuck buddy in some movie I can't remember with the hunky police officer that falls in love with the lead actress. How about we go a little slower? She asks, and the man responds, I like fast and does not slow down at all, talking about or doing acts that you do not consent to during foreplay or intercourse, i.e. fantasizing out loud about having an orgy or having sex with another partner that is not you at all, crossing a boundary that had been set, i.e. no anal sex, please and anything else that you do not consent to before it happens. Couples should talk extensively about their sexual preferences prior to becoming a couple. You should make it clear what you will and will not do in the bedroom. You can always change your mind later, but it should be independent of your sex partner's ideas and will. Being talked into anal sex, for example, when you know logically it's filthy and you have no interest in it, is a form of coercion. Their interest was more important than your desires, your boundaries, and they trampled you, they begged, pleaded, or simply talked about it until you caved. That's rape. Asking someone to do something they don't want to do until they do it is rape. You are putting conditions on the relationship. You are violating boundaries. You know they're uninterested. By the way, most cases of gonorrhea stem from anal intercourse and or incorrect feminine hygiene. It's totally preventable. And it's potentially your own fault you both got gonorrhea if you're not cleanly enough, he didn't necessarily stray, ladies, in fact, that's the same story with chlamydia. I know because I've had chlamydia after being celibate for over six months.
and the idea that it was dormant is null, I was sick enough to express symptoms from the day I got it. I was incredibly sick and not as well kept as I should have been thanks to Dr. Depp prescribing me a deadly diet for two years while neglecting me the whole time. Chronic diarrhea is a symptom of dying, my friends. This sentiment, by the way, the one that ends in coercing another individual into an action, covers fellatio and cunnilingus. It should be their idea. You shouldn't even ask. If you treat a woman properly and get her worked up enough, she'll do it. You won't have to ask. She will not be a pillow princess at all. But you're so focused on getting your loins balls deep into a woman that you don't wait for them to instigate. I guarantee you that if you date a woman celibately, without having sex with other parties, she will jump your bone someday, provided it's clearly a romantic relationship for you both. Being faithful is incredibly important, however, there is no use in straying in your thoughts while trying to counter rule woman. You're just going to have to up your kissing game, my friends. Restrain thyself and she will come. Pun intended. Other things you can do to get your lady's engine revving. Massage. Don't even try to make it sexual. She'll do it for you. Once she gets used to being the one who initiates sex, it'll be more frequent than you even know. Rub her shoulders, her neck, along her spine, gently, gentler. Gentler still. Pretend she's a fine china cup, down her sides, along the backs of her arms, and even the backs of her legs. Restrain thyself and she will come. I'm all for happy endings, what can I say? Play with her hair. Be careful, of course, and don't do it before work. Do it before bedtime, rub your fingertips just as gently as that massage over her scalp. She'll swoon in no time, buddy. Kiss the back of her hand. Kiss all along her arm, Pepe Le Pew or Gomez Adams style. In fact, Gomez and Morticia are an excellent pair to study as role models for wooing a true lady into your arms. Kiss her neck, maybe even her shoulders. But only do this after you've kissed her lips. Make sure she knows you have the feels, bro. Return to the lips occasionally to make sure she's still passionate about the experience. If not, stop. She might have a headache, after all. I promise you, the ladies will go crazy. We all have a libido, believe it or not. Compliment her. Tell her she looks great. Look her in the eyes, and, if you're not in the doghouse, let your eyes sweep over her attire. Be slow, but don't linger on any one body part and put them back on her face and her eyes at the end. She will feel sexy and seen as a person both. There's nothing hotter than that, if you ask me. Cook dinner for her. You might have to learn a new skill for this, but trust me. If you take dinner off her plate, ha ha, then she will have no excuse not to take you to bed. Not unless you're on the rocks, of course. This will absolutely tell you if it's working or not. I don't know about all the other ladies, but if a man made me dinner, in the context of a romantic and emotional relationship, I know what I'd be doing later. Do something nice for her, such as wash her car or vacuum it out. I know you dudes love your cars, that's all you keep clean. Do it for her. She doesn't want all that junk lying around, it just accumulates because it's not a priority. Do it a few times, she'll start cleaning it herself. It's a partner thing, wouldn't you know? Knowing we're in a partnership gets our blood boiling, once you throw in those kisses, anyway. P.S. No roses required. Tease her. Tell her how much you want her, subtly, and then back off. Don't use super direct language, beat around the bush. Women love that shit, let me tell you. We want to talk about sex, 
but using words and phrases that are pornographic in nature is kind of a turnoff. You might wonder why and I'll tell you, we think you only want our bodies, not our minds. A woman who knows you want her for everything she is will be an incredible animal in your bedroom. So, as I said earlier, compliment her, don't just compliment how she dresses, and absolutely leave out body parts and her silhouette, but compliment her choice in fine wine or her attitude or simply express gratitude for what she does. If you stop talking about her body as if it's meat, she'll feel less objectified. You will find yourself reforming, as well, in your thoughts. It's win-win, I assure you. You can still have favorite body parts but you know, it's kind of rapey. Objectification is how rape begins. She is a blow-up doll the moment she is reduced to a bunch of body parts. Don't be that guy, women know when you're being that guy. You gotta look her in the eyes, idiot. Talk to her, have a conversation, be her friend before her lover and you will never part. Women are, in general, cerebrally stimulated. That means you have to engage their brains before their bodies. A stimulating conversation, candlelit dinner, perhaps drawing a bath for her after a really exhausting day, etc. These, plus giving a lady some space to think should light her up, if you know what I mean. A former friend of mine told me once that the most romantic and sexually satisfying evening he'd ever had, he never even planned to take his wife to bed. They are a married couple of many years of monogamous relations, over a decade. He drew her a bath after a particularly challenging week at work and helped her bathe away the stress. He simply tried to take care of her without a single thought about having sex. Apparently, that meant fireworks in the bedroom that night. Isn't that what we all want? Note that it did not include sexual thought on his part at all. Personally, I am stimulated by words. But only when those words match the actions of the person vocalizing them. In fact, I'm highly complicated, but I'm not unsure that I'm an atypical woman. Allow me to reveal the mystery for all the rest of mankind. Insert something epic, like this. I'll try to be concise, this is, like I said, complicated. I have about one million boundaries. If I don't know you, you are a stranger, you are at the very edge of all the boundaries, on the outside. If you tried to touch me sexually, I'd call the police on you because I don't know you. After I try to maim you, of course, because I won't let you get away with it. It's murder to rape a person. However, you can earn trust to traverse these boundaries, and one lucky winner gets to the inner sanctum, where they are equal and standing right beside me. I imagine this as a bunch of concentric circles, actually, and all people I know are in one circle or another. There is a circle around myself that no one will ever enter again and then there is one tiny circle that will include my future husband. All other people will be further away than the inner sanctum circle. There are circles for confidant, close friend and acquaintance. If not even more than that. To earn trust, you must do a variety of things, which I shall enumerate for you. 1. Emotional support. If I'm having a problem and I express that problem, your emotional support goes a long way. It will bring us closer, whether you are man, woman, or child. In reverse, offering support to another person brings me closer to them. Unless they are a psychopath, if you don't want slash need new friends, don't be supportive. Just walk away. 2. Decent advice. If you give me a way to solve my problem that I haven't even thought of yet, chances are I'd want to kiss you. I have a good deal of life experience already, so I often think of the most common stuff, but other people are blessed with two things, a different point of view and being on the other side of the issue. 3. Validation. 
Telling people when they are right is important. Telling them when they are wrong is just as important. But to ignore what's being said? That causes pain and suffering to all people, great and small. 4. Active listening. This involves repeating portions of what you're told, or asking questions for deeper understanding, to the person telling the story at hand. It proves you are absorbing their facts as they present them. Time will tell if these are actually falsehoods, but if more people grew up and realized deceit is just a waste of time and energy, the world would be a much better place. 5. Sharing authentically. If you are authentically you, people will take it, leave it, or go the neighbors. You can't try to make people like you, it's inauthentic and it will cause problems the longer you try to be someone you're not. That's not to say you shouldn't try to become a better person of your own volition, but doing it to land the most beautiful girl in town is unethical and unlawful in God's eyes. You are selling a lie, a falsehood, an illusion and when you get to the other side, the woman will divorce your ass and body slam your bank account. 6. Bodily Trust A woman who can trust that you will not touch her unless she asks you to is likely to throw herself at you at some point. You can actually see this at work all through Disney romances as well as older movies and books. It is only in the modern times that it's been popularized that the man should take what he wants. Through any means necessary, including lies, coercion, and theft. But what about cowboys? Watch any old westerns lately? Men beat up womanizers and that's what got them the ladies. Eventually. If they even wanted the ladies. I have seen a lot of Wyatt Earp lately, the television show from the B&W era, and Wyatt didn't seem to want a lady at all due to the fact that his job was incredibly savage. Now you are truly armed and dangerous. Stop thinking about getting into the woman's pants actively and start thinking about how to get her to take your pants off for you. It starts with innocent kisses that progress slowly but passionately into more. And it takes a lot of self-restraint. You might have to wait an entire week on edge but it'll be worth it. She'll knock your socks off. Maybe even twice in the same evening. Even in Bambi, the women folk make eyes at the men folk to start the flirting. So might I suggest we put away the mascara, ladies, until we're ready to take a man to bed? Might I suggest we just put down the makeup altogether and set down all that product we spray daily until we want to take a man to bed? Women used to only wear makeup for special occasions because it was an expense for a want. It has never been a need. Yet, there are ladies who think that they must spend a minimum of 15 minutes every day putting on makeup to look professional. What kind of professional needs makeup? I know my opinion isn't popular because women everywhere want men to drool over the wake they leave as they walk through a grocery store or even Home Depot. They want to be Marilyn Monroe without actually having to face the consequence of being a sex icon. I can do the same. But you know what I noticed? If I ditch the makeup, men don't come on to me. They might look and appreciate, but they don't make an effort to speak to me at all. If I go to the grocery store all made up, I am bound to get interrupted three to four times the entire trip. This aggravated me and undoubtedly will do again when I finally dye my hair some fun color like pink. However, if I blend in and choose not to wear makeup and choose not to wear revealing clothing, I am left alone. This tells me a few things. 1. Women want a double standard. They want to be objectified on their terms. If you dare objectify them on your own terms, you'd better expect a wolverine, buddy. This is wrong, either advertise or STFU and be normal. 2. Women are so used to objectifying themselves they've forgotten they can choose to live without short shorts, extreme v-necks, and caked on makeup. 
They step it up and put that shit on and then try to fend off men left and right, complaining about how hot they are, essentially. They want to turn on every man and simultaneously punish them for being turned on. And, usually, the man they want to turn on won't even look at them twice, so they bitch twice as much. They will group together in little bands of whoremongerers and bitch, bitch, bitch about how men want to talk to them and then they appreciate the effort they put into looking like Miss Monroe. I look like a supermodel when made up, and I actually do without makeup, too, and I can tell you right now, they want those Brad Pitts to feel them up. Their objection is that you aren't Brad Pitt. Whether they realize this or not is another story, but I don't care. This exact opinion of mine got me banned on the Theology Discord server. I happen to know it's the truth of all things, however, because I'm on the other side of it. 3. Men don't compliment women who don't have makeup on. The one time I wore makeup to the grocery store, I got a compliment on my choker. The same man has seen me dozens if not a hundred times since then and has never opened his mouth again. Why? Not wearing makeup. I'm not advertising. My attire didn't change, just the lipstick. My hair color changed some, too, but I don't think that's relevant, as I just said, I like to dye my hair fun colors. That alone does not equate to compliments, either. 4. Men do not approach me to even speak to me if I don't wear provocative clothing. In fact, when I say provocative, I don't mean skin tight, oddly enough. The more skin one shows, the more harassment one receives. I am absolutely 100% telling you this is a fact, women reading my blog. If you do not change how you dress after the moment you read this, you are no longer a victim. You are a predator crying victim. A sexual predator. It is your fucking fault they're approaching you to tell you how hot you are. Some men are much smoother and more suave about it than others. That is it. You cannot have it both ways. I end this debate now. 5. Bras are rape culture. They are meant to make your tits look amazing. Period. The end. You don't need them. There are studies done that prove they cause sagging, actually. Upgrade yourselves accordingly, women everywhere. Personally, I wear a tank top as my bra and then if it's super cold, an undershirt as well as an overshirt. If I go about in my tank top, it's the same as wearing a fucking bra. That's on me, not the men who see me in my underwear. There is a reason we have underwear and tank tops are essentially underwear. That goes for you, too, men. Stop going out in your underwear, women and men who wear underwear in public are asking for sexual attention, that is my judgment and I will never, ever change my mind. Undoubtedly, there's more I can go on about. Undoubtedly, there are 6 million double standards to call out, 20 issues to point out, etc. The base argument I'm showing you is as follows. You are not a victim of sexual harassment if you dress in a way that solicits sex. That includes makeup and revealing clothing. Makeup is worse than revealing clothing. It's meant to make you look like you just had sex. Which means you leave absolutely nothing to the imagination and therefore men everywhere are now being given permission to think about you having sex with them, even though you didn't mean to do that. Just Brad Pitt, Amirite? Unfortunately, or perhaps I should say fortunately, we do not have thought police. But, if we did, I could put you all away for raping each other. God already has. You can rectify this situation by discontinuing the act of imagining people you are not in a monogamous, God's adamant about that, relationship with. Sexually or asexually. It doesn't matter, you have no right to have anyone but your immediate family on your mind. Family includes your spouse automatically. In God's eyes, 
a man and a woman are married, or a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, the very moment they kiss. There can only be two people in a marriage. The rest? Fornicators. I think you know what he thinks about fornicators from the Holy Bible. It's not very good, is it? Sodom, Gomorrah. As it turns out, sodomy was never against his plans. It's just hard to tell someone 3,000 years ago what bacteria is. Considering bathing was more of a weekly event. That's kind of important, wouldn't you say? It's probably a miracle the human species didn't go extinct due to sexually transmitted diseases whilst being so unclean, don't you think? Especially since it caused a lot of miscarriages and infant deaths. God would prefer all the pride people to pop out of the woodwork and embrace themselves. Love themselves. You are an entity worthy of love. Even if you've done bad things. You can apologize for them. You can ask to be held accountable. You can turn yourself over to the authorities. You can try to reinvent yourself. This can only be done as soon as you stop lying to yourself. As soon as you stop justifying misbehavior. As soon as you stop pointing the finger outward and point it inward instead. God also posits that all people who do not identify in the binary system have been raped. Please see a hypnotherapist if you are not familiar with what's happened to you that disturbed you, they will be able to uncover the horrific event that scarred you and help you get past the trauma it induced, which is why you don't remember it to begin with. Or they'll refer you to someone who can help you get past the trauma if they aren't also a trauma therapist, you have PTSD. You're stuck and the only way to get unstuck is to process it. If you do not want to see a therapist, then art may help you. The simple act of moving your eyes horizontally from left to right and right to left rapidly will help force trauma to process. Hello, first-person shooters or shoot the moving target games and reading books. Even Pong can help once the ball speeds up sufficiently, however, therapists and psychologists that specialize in EDMR, less than dash click the link to learn more about it, do not necessarily have to know what you've experienced in order to help you. This method of treatment does not involve talking it out. I know how hard it is to put it into words when you've been violated. It's okay. But, if it changes your approach to life, making you irrationally emotional, you need therapy. A well-adjusted therapist will never, ever tell you that your experience is a problem, they'll never shame you, they'll never make you feel unsafe. Pretty much all the world needs therapy, in my opinion. It can never hurt to have a professional friend. You can count on being respected and validated. It can be all about you and your needs, your issues at hand, and your situation. All you have to do is give respect back. Validate your therapist. Listen closely and take notes if you have to. I take notes for everything because I know my memory fails me once I have too much stuff in my head, plus it makes life less angsty, I've discovered. What was I gonna do today? Oh, I made a list. Did I do anything on it? Nope. It's 3 p.m., let's see what I can do even though the day got away from me. Plus, scratching things off the list is so satisfying, show them that you want to get better by taking an active part in the therapy session. I suspect much of the pride movement starts with rape at the root. I believe women who are attracted to women are likely violated by men before they even understand their attraction and sexuality and quite possibly the other way around, but I'm not sure, obviously, not all people are violated in that fashion, However I do believe it's important to reflect on that idea, dear reader, and decide if it applies to you in any way. I want you to know with certainty that God made our nature the way it is. Nothing we are born with violates that. Nothing. 
It is only when one becomes a rapist on the regular that God takes offense. Singular rapes are still offensive, but that whole hell idea is for those who stay on the path of misery, to God, rape is a term he uses with me to indicate any crossing of boundaries. It's not just sexual assault. All beings have a free will of their own. We must use psychology in a positive good-willed manner, without expectations of personal gain at the expense of others, in order to interact with each other on a daily basis, whether or not you are man, woman, child, or none of the above. To expect personal gain is wrong. We are a social creature that relies on other beings, human or not, in order to continue to exist. We have predation down to a science these days, making it so subtle that we hardly recognize it in this airbrushed advertisement, that plastic food on the television screen, or any manner of interruptions to our normal existence that entice us to want or need more than our fair share. It's rape and all those who do it will be held accountable by Sky Chief. That's not God, by the way. I'm not exactly sure who Sky Chief is in relation to reality, but it makes me feel better to know there is someone holding us all accountable. All of you who have babies without actually wanting to prioritize them are murderers. Sky Chief has spoken, you are violating their free will so regularly that you are murdering the personality they were born with, creating the perfect storm for them to be victimized and raped for the rest of their lives. You will be held accountable. Conversely, all of those who center their lives around caring for baby and respecting baby's boundaries, you are in the right, those who are called breeders, those who have more than one child, you are raping yourselves first, then your children. Your children are raping each other. You are breeding rapists. You are condoning rape. Cease and desist as of now. Abortion is not murder or rape, the soul is not yet born, and will just return to the fold, being born to someone else at another time. This does not condemn the soul that was unborn, but it will save that soul from a lifetime of rape and, subsequently, murder. I despise you for raping these innocent souls until they no longer know who they are and suddenly they call themselves non-binary because they're confused and there's nothing else they can do to say, stop. You're raping me. You will all be held accountable for each and every soul you rape and murder, that much I assure you. Hell is a cutesy version of what will happen, by the way, so go ahead and try to imagine worse than that while you still can. Or, better yet, stop raping children by stepping all over their boundaries just because you know better or must be in control. The only person you can control is yourself and you already knew that from your previous failed attempts to date. Do you do that to your wife? Then you're raping them, too. Just being male does not make you an expert and it does not make you better than a female. Females bring life so technically their bodies are worth more than a man's any day, so chew on that assholes. It's about time this place became a matriarchal society, if you ask me, Sky Chief. You didn't, but I don't give a shit about that, either. You want to sit around, ogling endless women, so you trick them into wearing bedroom clothes in broad daylight, made up to show you exactly what they could look like in the throes of passion, simply so you can fornicate with them in your brains. There is a thought police, it's just inhuman. I am the chief in charge of them and you will be held accountable for every instance of raping other entities you've ever thought of. Each and every action you take is recorded by your soul itself, you cannot escape anything you have done, no matter how well you hit it whilst alive. You can mitigate your sentences by starting to apologize to all of humankind, and animal kind and plant kind, right now. You have created a culture to make women objectify themselves and normalized it to the point that they don't even recognize it anymore. This is a crime against nature, God, and all entities above and beyond the human intellect. You are not the highest, 
Most intelligent beings in the universe TM and you never will be if you continue with this sack of bullshit. You are pun scum for falling prey to your own rape culture, actually, as you might have noticed that men are now nearly as insecure as women these days thanks to airbrushed abs and advertisements, thanks to skinny jeans, thanks to incestuous rape between father and son with zero outlet because to be a man, you're not allowed to voice your emotions, which means stuffing them down and ignoring them because to acknowledge them is to cry. Real men cry. Go to Italy. Tell me that the Italians aren't real men. In fact, try to pull that shit in Sicily and see if you get out alive. That's right. The gangster crowd cries. It might be in private instead of public, but they cry when they are sad or overjoyed. They let it out and move on, like you're supposed to be doing, instead of repressing the true self and raping themselves endlessly with toxic views of what is masculinity. Masculinity is an illusion, just ask the Japanese and Chinese, ask the Indians. Go watch The Last Samurai or even Wyatt Earp from the 60s to see what a real man is like. He has morals and values and sticks up for beings who have no voice. He stands up for himself, too. Wyatt might never cry in the show, but other real men do, rugged cowboys, crying. Boo-hoo. You think you're all cowboys, but you're just scum. Watch the natives in the black and white westerns and learn a thing or two about real men, too. Their laws are the laws of God himself.